In 2021, how many face masks did you have? My wife and other women at the church produced a closet full of stylish protective masks at the height of the COVID epidemic. I could choose any color and level of protection. There was the red striped one. There was the beautiful green one. And then the always popular turquoise in 95. These were used daily whenever I was out in public. Why in the world did I do that? Because I was afraid of a deadly and debilitating disease that was spreading across the world. Well, here we are in 2023, and my memories of the fear have faded a lot. I rarely see a person in public with a mask on. It's easy to forget that for two years, every newscast offered a litany of fear, debate, and hopes about a vaccine. Medical facilities struggled to cope with the sick coming through the doors. We were afraid to hug. We were afraid to breathe the air in a restaurant. And we were afraid to send our children to school. Millions across the globe died from this terrible disease. Millions more suffered economic disaster. Can you remember when fear was a common denominator in our world? Well, actually, our world today has its own threats that come to our mind. A European war, supermarket mass murders, layoffs, rising interest rates, destructive storms with rising intensity. That's just a sample of the things that threaten us. And in reality, Others are threatened with far more personal things of who's in the house today or what will happen at work tomorrow. I'm Larry Payne, your host on Tracks for the Journey. Today, I want us to look at this subject of fear. It's common, and sometimes it brings thoughts and behaviors that really aren't the best for us. I think it's worthwhile to explore how we can handle this and know that we can develop skills that will increase our well-being. Let me take you to a psalm that echoes with the same emotion of fear that we're discussing today. We don't know the context of the situation that evoked the emotion, but it's obvious in Psalm 27 how raw, paralyzing fear stalks through the dark night. Even though the singer of that ancient world could not conceive of a virus or a hospital, she knew the same fears that have awakened us in our world today. Psalm 27, 1 through 3 describes the situation this way. When evildoers assailed me, my adversaries and foes were around me. They were encamped against me, and war rose up against me. Though the language is poetic, there is something deeply threatening and fear is growing for this ancient singer. So let's go forward to our modern world. What is fear anyway? Well, researchers have shown us that it is the most instinctive and primitive of all our human emotions. Scientists tell us that a total body reaction is provoked when fear occurs. Adrenaline surges through our muscles, the heart beats faster, breathing is rapid, pupils dilate, blood flow changes, and sweat glands open. We are ready to fight or to flee or to freeze. And a few microseconds later, the thinking parts of our brain rush to interpret what's happening. 
we analyze the threat and decide on a course of action, and hopefully it's a wise and appropriate strategy. Fear is a legitimate feeling, but we should understand that feeling fear is different than being afraid. The distinction is very important. Fear is a feeling based on instinctive physiological response, but being afraid is a choice. Fear is an emotion that comes automatically when danger is is present, but being afraid is linking my identity to fear. Fear is about something which threatens me. Being afraid is my interpretation of what I experience. When we allow ourselves to become afraid, we are choosing to make fear a part of who we will be rather than just what we experience for a few moments. When we choose to be afraid, we can make decisions that aren't the best. Do you remember in the pandemic, we rushed to hoard toilet paper? We stocked up on yeast that we didn't know how to use. We blamed other nations to excuse our own failures, and we rejected proven medical treatments for unproven remedies. Being afraid is a choice that takes the object of my fear from outside and stuffs it into my soul. Great literature often follows what's known as the hero's journey motif. A philosopher named Joseph Campbell analyzed stories across many cultures to find this mythological structure that makes a great story, and it makes life worth living. The hero's journey is a narrative that takes a person from ordinary life through a frightful adventure, a threatening ordeal, transformation, and finally returning as a different person. We've watched it unfold on countless movie screens with Harry Potter, Luke Skywalker, Moana, Elsa, and many others. Dealing with the fears within and threats outside is the central task for the hero. Now, I know that not many of us would want to claim we're heroes, but we do have our own ordeals to face. Joseph Campbell writes, The heroes of all time have gone before us. We have only to follow the thread of their hero path. Where we thought to find an abomination, we shall find a god. And where we thought to slay another, we shall slay ourselves. And where we thought to travel outward, we shall come to the center of our own existence. Where we had thought to be alone, we shall be with all the world. Campbell has something that's helped us to understand our own journeys. Fear will greet us in hard times throughout life. Is it possible for us to accept this fear yet not become afraid? I believe that even in dangerous times, we can choose not to be afraid. And I think scripture and modern wisdom offers an antidote to living fearfully. Hey friends, Tracks for the Journey is now available in book form. All the episodes from 2020, 2021, and 2022 are collected in paperback and Kindle versions. The newest volume, 2022, has 13 chapters, including 40 Billion Miles, Agents of Change, and the popular Sex is Okay with God. 
I invite you to go to Amazon and search for Tracks for the Journey to get your copy today. And get one for a friend, too. Thanks so much for your support. Today we're talking about fear and how we can overcome that fear. We're talking about the difference between experiencing fear and being afraid. First, we can handle our fears better by the discovery of new truths that offer an antidote to being afraid. The state of being afraid comes as our thought patterns are focused on the problem, on the pain. A breakthrough comes when we turn our attention to new resources, to new facts, or to helpers around us. The psalmist shows this in seeking a greater awareness of God. She writes, This I will seek, to live in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in the temple. So the singer is pointing to a different response and a way of thinking. In this case, the spiritual resources of worship and meditation. Joseph Campbell's motif shows the hero must go through a phase of development that meets the challenge that's looming ahead. Dan Bronzite writes, The hero needs to find out who can be trusted and who can't. He may earn allies. He may meet enemies who will, each in their own way, help prepare him for the greater ordeals to come. This is the stage when his skills and our powers are tested and every obstacle that he faces helps to gain a deeper insight. In the Harry Potter movie series, Harry must prevent the normal world from being taken over by the world of magic. In this quest, he discovers new truths about himself on his mission to stop the plot of Valdemort. Along the way, he finds his allies, Ron and Hermione, and mentors at the Hogwarts Academy who help him. With these, he can confront his fears to build a new narrative of his special powers and his place in this complex world. In our everyday struggles, we can focus our attention on God's presence like the psalmist. We can engage our rational mind to move our thoughts from the feeling of fear to the fact of God as a companion on this journey. We can turn to the senses of our soul to become aware of the divine. God is love, and the reality of love has a powerful effect. Of course, this truth emerges clearly centuries later for the Christian believers in the New Testament, and especially in the book of 1 John, which says, Perfect love casts out fear. And with this presence, the circumstances look so different to the psalmist. God will hide me in the day of trouble, she sang. God will conceal me under the cover of the tent. God will set me on a high rock. Now, this poetic language is not theology that guarantees God will do some special intervention or protection, of course, but it is a testimony of the change in the poet's mental state. In a time of trouble, we can celebrate and embrace new resources, skills, and challenges. We can create a fortress as we discover new resources that turn our minds away from the threat. There is a second action which helps us to deal with the fearful challenges that we face. 
the psalmist calls it waiting on God. It's an admonition to not respond in some frantic and desperate action, but pause to see what God wants to do in the situation. The singer urges us, wait for the Lord. Be strong and let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. Now, this waiting is not a passive acceptance of whatever may come along. Instead, it is shown in Scripture to be an active trust that God will show the way and that we can learn what to do. Waiting is an attitude that is filled with hope as the pervasive work of God unfolds. Waiting on God is built on the belief that God is active everywhere, in everything, moving all with love, goodness, and purpose. We read carefully the scriptures which teach that God has been and is always active in our universe. Jesus said it this way, My Father is always at work to this very day, and I too am working. Doing the waiting of the work on God, our job is to be learning. When a problem is threatening, that's when fear begins to grow. We don't know how to act, and it makes it vital to slow down and embrace a teachable mindset. The psalmist asked God to teach her what was right. She sang, Teach me your way, O Lord, and lead me on a level path. The poetess commits to learn during the time of waiting, to engage the mind while anticipating that greater work of God. She wanted to learn what should be done and what should not be done. Fear will diminish when we embrace a teachable mindset. A crucial character for the hero in the Campbell motif is the mentor. The mentor is the person or thing who has been through the testing and can offer wisdom. Based on past experiences and discoveries, the mentor can offer the hero knowledge, power, or strategies that will help to meet the ordeal ahead. Yoda tutored Luke Skywalker on the power of the Force, and Rafki the baboon guided Simba through his trials. The hero with a teachable mindset will be prepared for the challenge. So who would you consider your mentor providing wisdom for the journey? The answer will vary according to the challenge faced, I think. A father could be a model for how to be a husband, or a trusted teacher could be a coach for a young woman entering her career. This year, thousands of black young men will benefit from the 100 Black Men of America chapters across the nation. These bring black mentors, professional men, into regular contact with teens and young adults. They give them hope and a new vision of the future. And when we face a challenge, it's vital to connect with the wisdom of those who have been on the journey. A final part of moving away from a frightened state is engagement with the frightful realities ahead of us. In Campbell's motif, the hero must go through the trials of the ordeal. Christopher Vogler writes, The hero engages in the ordeal, the central life-or-death crisis, during which he faces his greatest fear, confronts the most difficult challenge, and experiences even death. His journey teeters on the brink of failure or success. 
The stories of Scripture tell heroes who went through the ordeal of engaging the threat. We think of David facing Goliath, Jeremiah suffering a yoke of shame and imprisonment, and of course we think of Jesus, who stood in the garden as the soldiers entered to arrest him. Moviegoers know that Harry Potter had to finally confront Voldemort, and there is no way to reach the goal without engaging the frightful opponent or the situation. Now, certainly, our engagement scenes may not be world-shaking like Harry Potter's or David of Israel. We are engaging our fears, though, when we apologize for a wrong, when we discuss a problem with our boss, or when we report for one more painful rehab session. In these encounters and thousands of others, there is a way that the test, the crisis, or the ordeal may be engaged. We make a choice to use the skills we've learned, the wisdom mentors have shared, or the beliefs we've refined to meet those challenges that face us. Our engagement says we've already won over our fearful mind and confusion. I want you to consider as we close the journey we've made through the pandemic. We were forced to leave our ordinary life and face a real threat. We worked to identify the allies that we had and to gain resources for the challenge. God raised up an army of healthcare providers, researchers, and progressive leaders who came to our aid in the battle. We began to engage the challenge and to deal with our fears directly. Unprecedented economic actions were taken to keep families away from bankruptcy. Personally, we had to master new ways of thinking about our health with wearing a mask, washing our hands, understanding what viral loads and vaccines and boosters were all about. Millions responded in local communities by adapting to new lifestyles, supporting the needy, educating the children, and acting responsibly to get vaccinated. It was an ordeal, wasn't it? Yet today, we can see that the lives of millions were saved, and now daily life has returned to what is the new normal, but we're not wearing those masks anymore. We met the challenge. It still faces us, but there is more we can do, and we will. So here we are today. The threats may be personal or in the community. They could be a disease or a situation at work. It's normal in any case to feel fear rising up inside of us. Yet we know now that we can choose not to become afraid. We can instead find resources. We can learn from mentors to prepare for action. And we can engage with that frightful challenge when we're ready. God will be with us in that work. And we can come to the confidence that filled the ancient singer of Israel with courage our song may ultimately be like hers as she sang the lord is my light and my salvation whom shall i fear the lord is the stronghold of my life of whom shall i be afraid friends thanks for sharing this episode of tracks for the journey I wish you'd take a moment or two to rate and review this episode, and that will help me spread the message of well-being. 
I invite you also to find more information and resources at tracksforthejourney.com. That's all one word, tracksforthejourney.com. Or you can find the Facebook page with the same title to share your ideas and feedback. Remember that transcripts can be found at tracksforthejourney slash buzzsprout.com. I want to expand this work, so your financial support at buymeacoffee.com slash LarryPayne is appreciated. Tracks for the Journey is produced at the Bright Star Studio, all rights reserved. Hosting is by buzzsprout.com. Music is from pixabay.com. I encourage you, keep exploring on your journey to well-being. <laughs>